Amen. Thank you. Let's pray. God, help us to drink deeply, for there's enough for us all. God, use my words to point to your word that we might be nourished, hydrated by the Spirit before we leave this place. Amen. Four key words uh, right now. They all start with W, so they shouldn't be too hard to, to remember. First one's well. Second one's water. Third one is, sorry, word. Fourth one is worship. Let me see if I can do a better job. Just say well. All right, now say water. Now say word. Now say worship. Okay, those are my four points. Um, but uh, let me expound upon them just a little bit before we go. It says in John 4 that Jesus had to go through Samaria. That's not practically true. He didn't have to go through Samaria in a practical sense. All good Jews walked around Samaria. If you had to go from Jerusalem to Galilee, to that area, you, if you were a good Jew, would walk around Samaria because nobody wanted to run in to a Samaritan. Contrary to that bumper sticker on your granddad's RV, there was no such thing as a good Samaritan in the day. They were not so good at all. Jesus, though, says in John 4, says he had to go. Not practically, but theologically, he had to go. He had to go teach his disciples something about what it means to belong to Jesus. It's not about being a part of an elite club. It's not about being a, uh, people who know more than other people, who are better than other people. Come on, disciples, we are going to Samaria. He had to go. I mean, Samaria... In 2023 is what we call those people. Now when I say those people, whoever comes to your mind, that's your Samaria. Let's go, says Jesus. Let's go to Samaria. He wanted to dispel any possibility, an attitude that they were better or elite or they were chosen because they were more talented he wanted to take them to those people to remind them that everybody is your neighbor, not just a few, not just the people who think like you or vote like you. He's going to take me to Samaria, those conservative people that are fundamental and narrow-minded? Yes. Going to take those liberal people that say anything? Yes. That's where you're going, Jesus says. Come on with me. Come on with me with the people that you don't understand. The Samaritans. Because we're going to Samaria. And they go. And where does he go? First point. Goes to the well. And it's a Samaritan woman at the well. It's noonday. It's in bright light. Jesus is there, and what does Jesus do? He sits down. And Jesus is thirsty in Samaria at the well, and his disciples must be hungry. Jesus, we're going down to town. We're going to get some Quiznos. We'll be right back. Here comes the woman from Samaria. 
Now, we don't know what her name is. I kind of wish we did, but we don't. Could have been Marsha or Mary or Rosine or Kathy. But there she comes with her jars all alone in the middle of the day with her jars to do what everybody has to do. Go to the well. Care if you're rich, if you're a ruler, if you're a pauper. Everybody has to go to the well. And back then, you couldn't, if the well dried up, the city had to move. You couldn't survive much. He goes to the well. Thirst is universal. Everybody gets thirsty. I don't care how much you make or what you do, we all get thirsty. Wells controlled everybody from the top to the bottom. Everybody had to come to the well. God meets us in Jesus Christ where all of us need. The universal need is something that we have in common because everybody gets thirsty. He centers his life not around something that would divide us, the temple, religion, all this stuff. He goes to the well because everybody needs water. Everybody gets thirsty. Jesus comes to the well. That's the common denominator. He's always showing the common denominator of our lives right where we need it. We need love. We need grace. We need water. I don't care where you are from. I don't care what you believe. You need water. He comes to what connects, to what unites to the place of our need, and there at the well he sits. Because sooner or later, no matter how much you have, you must come to the well. Jesus sat at the well for humanity to recognize its need. What is your need today? What do you need, really, from God? You know, sometimes I'm thirsty and I don't recognize it. Anybody ever been thirsty and somebody had to tell you that maybe you're thirsty? Get a headache, you're tired, dehydrated. Drink some water. You want some water? Sometimes we're thirsty and we're parched and we don't even recognize it. It starts not with the woman being thirsty. It starts with Jesus being thirsty. Jesus is the one that looks over at her all alone at the well, scandalous. The well, by the way, is the Old Testament singles bar. Did y'all know that? That's where everybody got married. That's where you, you got engaged, you know. Um, all these Old Testament people. So it was a little bit risque for a man to be talking to a woman. Jesus was a rabbi. It was very risque for a rabbi to be talking to a woman. They never talked to a woman. And it was triply risky for a Jew to be talking to a Samaritan woman. That never happened. I thirst, he said. I had to shock her. She probably dropped her jug a little bit. What? You asking me for some water? If you knew who I was, says Jesus, you'd be asking me for water. So then it comes from the well to the water. Water comes first in creation. When the Spirit of God hovered above the deep, it's called the deep waters. This water and the Spirit interplay here. In the beginning, the darkness covered the face of the deep. And Jesus says, I thirst. The only other time Jesus is going to say that is when he's hanging from a cross. I thirst. What does God thirst for? What is Jesus thirsty for? He's human. Fully God. Fully man. He needs a drink of water. Part of what it meant for him to come down and live with us. God with skin on. But then quickly... 
they're really not talking about the same thing when they're talking about water. Jesus is talking about a certain kind of water and the woman's talking about a certain kind of water. If I give you what I have, says Jesus, you'll never thirst again. It's not the same water. And here, this woman, this Samaritan, three strikes, you're out. Life's been hard on her. She begins this long road of humility and it starts with the confession. Sir, give me this water. Just the humility of asking. You ever seen people who need something badly but they never ask for it? Maybe some of you are stubborn like me and you really have a hard time asking for stuff. You ever, you ever seen somebody who just beats around the bush, but they really need something they don't know how to ask for? Have you ever had a hard time asking for something that you really need? Jesus waits for her to get a revelation that makes her humble enough to ask for water. If you need it, says Jesus, ask for it. What do you need? Where is your soul thirsty? Have you asked Jesus for it? This, old, this woman was so tired of making the same trip to get the same thing to the same place in the middle of the day when no other women were there over and over again. Anybody have a cycle that's destroying them over and over and over again? Y'all, we all have our wells that have run dry, every single one of us. And we go to that well over and over, places of temporary relief, but will only give us temporary relief, Right? Places that will pacify but will not satisfy, those wells will not last long. Two waters, two waters that coexist here. A natural well and a spiritual well. And this woman is confronted with both. And she starts with her excuses. Well, I, I don't know, you Jews worship on that mountain and we worship with this mountain. She turns it into a little theological discussion. You know, they, everybody's all got all these religious reasons that keep them from going to the well. I don't want to gather with people, go at the well. They, 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 they sing too much. That preacher preaches too long. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't get it. They're too charismatic. They're too liturgical. Too traditional. Too this, too that. People make up all kinds of excuses. And it's not about the institution. But the well is around the community of people centered around the one thing that we all can't live without, a spiritual water that you can't manufacture or make and you can't carry on your own no matter what jar you brought here, right? He told her something about herself. Now see, now we're going from the well to the water. Now we're talking about the Word. We're talking about a Word. He started telling her about herself. Now don't get in a hurry sewing a scarlet letter on this woman from Samaria. We don't know. I probably preached on this and I've heard a bunch of sermons about how terrible of a woman she is. That's not true. Women couldn't divorce in that day. You got dumped, right? Five husbands, maybe one or two of them passed away. A good possibility is that she couldn't have children. She was barren. And just left to the ditch by every single person. Man. Right? He told her something about herself that was classified information. Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You've had five. The one you're living with is not your husband. And, and she drops her jar. Because you see, 
he's given her a word about herself. You see, the, the capital W word, what we study, what we sing about, and what we share about, what we wrestle with every Sunday, hopefully some days in between, doesn't just tell us stuff about God. It reveals something about you and me. It exposes our pride or our arrogance or our bigotry. Now, she must have been pretty religious. She knew where her people worshipped on Mount Gerizim. But look, you can worship all the time and still not get the word on yourself. You can be know every hymn. You can have every spiritual gift and not hear what the word has to say about you. And that's a sad way to exist. And maybe that's where she was struggling. She, the word couldn't, couldn't get to her, but the word reveals something about you and me. Notice that when she left there and dropped her jar, she didn't go say, hey, come see the well. She told the whole town, come see a man who told me everything I'd ever done, who gave me a word. The word is what made her drop her jar. Come see a man that gave me a word about me. You've been worshiping on the mountain. A lot of people not gotten the word. The word is the beginning of you and me. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God was with us. It says early on in, in Acts 8.1, you know, Peter and others were pricked by the word of God. The word came inside them. It, it, they didn't just listen to it, but it, it came in and it penetrated their hearts. You'll see like the, the, the emblem is this cracked egg. Every Sunday this hymn is the cracked egg. Because we're talking about living the inside out life. I, we all need water. But we need the kind of water that you can't carry with the jar, the word that nourishes us. Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. I'll never be the same. She says, I came to get water. And instead, the Samaritan woman got the word, the spirit, the water, the word. All three agree. The entrance of the word gives light. Let there be light. It's good. There's an association between word and light. And I'm not just talking about the book. Remember, I'm not talking about printed words on a page. I'm talking about the capital W word that points to something greater than this book. That's the word I'm talking about, the word that gives us hope. Job said, I'd rather have the word than food. David said, thy word is a lamp unto my life. Lamb to my path, a light into my path. John said the word became flesh, full of grace and truth. The soldier, you remember what the soldier said? Wanted his daughter healed. Said, Jesus, you don't even have to go to my house. Just say the word, he said, and my daughter will be healed. Just speak it. When Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, he didn't bring ointment. He didn't even touch Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come out by the word out that's the word that'll never fail that's the word that penetrated that, that came to that woman's heart it will reel you in it will pull you back come see a man she said who told me all about myself you know uh preaching is a strange business um david can attest to that uh, grady can attest to that anybody who's ever and you know i was telling david you know i, I i'm so envious of comedians you know why because like 
they just work on the same speech all over the country and it keeps getting better and better. You poor people have to listen to me every seven days. I mean, I feel for it. It's hard to come up with something thin original. But then I realize this, it's not Bruce's words, it's God's word. The miracle, truly, it's strange to have this profession because I don't know how anybody gets anything out of anything I say. I really don't. You know, when Beverly records me on Monday morning and puts me on the thing, Beverly turned me down. I can't stand the sound of my voice, right? It's just hard to hear yourself. And so, like, I I have to walk out of the office when she's recording me because I don't know. But you know what? The Holy Spirit does something. The capital W, as foolish as it is for me to sit up here and talk to you for 15 to 18 minutes, somehow every now and then God does something. And it's my worst sermons that sometimes that I think, I, I, boy, I laid an egg now. Oh, Bruce, that really hit me in between my eyes. You know, Sometimes I was like, boy, I, I'm going to be high-fiving people today. I was hot. And everybody kind of walks out like nothing's going on. You just never know. But you can't control the capital W word. You can't control it. But you put the word out and the people will come. You throw it like bread and the birds will come and eat it. Just throw the bread of the word out. Not just for for preaching. The word that God has put on your heart. Throw it out like bread and let the people come. Who would have thought that this woman at the bottom of the ladder, the least likely to succeed, would be the most likely to receive that she would be the first apostle of Jesus Christ, that she flipped an entire town upside down, probably least important, most embarrassing person walking around in that town was the one that converted them all. Come see, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. That woman would become a disciple. I so wish we knew her name. But see, the word doesn't care about your status or how talented you are, or how much you've got, God can make the stones cry out if God wants. He touched her with the power of his word. Just give me the water that I thirst for. But we're so proud we people are. It's hard to receive that, and it's hard to admit that we need anything, but that's, that's what it's about. We're all recovering. We're all recovering. You can't close out Jesus because... He's going to meet you at the well. This didn't happen at a worship service, by the way. It didn't happen at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It happened on a Monday or Tuesday right in the middle of the day. You can't shut Jesus out when he's out to get something. We got to go to Sychar. We got to do something here. He didn't need a pulpit or a microphone. He shared a word that led to the transformation of the whole city. It started at the well. Woman. It started with a woman who admitted she needed help. And she was thirsty. The woman, the well, the water, the word, and the worship. She's having an argument about worship with Jesus. How do we worship? Well, we have an organ. Well, we have drums. Well, we we have a, uh, you know, worship needs a, a worship order. Oh, no, it doesn't. That really hinders the Holy Spirit. This, that, and the other thing. Loud, quiet, liturgy, free flow, all this stuff. But you see... Real worship doesn't need a sound at all. Real worship doesn't need an organ or a drum or a guitar. We bring the God we worship. In, the, in, the, in this thing, it's not like walk on, on a Sunday morning. It's like, okay, get it started. No, 
God walked in with you, was waiting with you as we worship together. The hour has come, said Jesus, when people will worship me, not on your mountain, not on my mountain. No, we'll all worship God in truth and spirit. Jesus is my Pentecost. Jesus is my word. Not some institution. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. There's a criteria to worship. And we can praise God. We can clap our hands. We can do all kinds of stuff. But ignorance can clap hands. Ignorance can sing hymns. Ignorance can do all that. That, that gets us, you through the gates. But if you want to worship, you want to worship. If you want to worship, we must worship in spirit and truth. God is spirit. And God is thirsty for what? For worshipers. People who will come to God and say, yes, I need the thirst for God's presence. I thirst for water. God's thirst for spirit. We can praise him and we can thank him. But worship goes beyond the dimension of the physical. It's not a sound. It's not a noise or a clap. Yes, enter the gates. But to worship, you must go into the place where no sound is needed. A place deep. A place where your spirit communes with God. That's why we can worship anywhere. God ain't confined to one hour a week. This is just to get us started. If you want to quench his thirst, worship him in spirit and truth for the Father seeking such. First thing in Genesis. After Adam and Eve, they're discarded from the Eden. They've, they've messed things up and they're hiding. And what does God do? God is seeking Adam. Eve, come on out. Where are you? Where are you? This is an all-knowing God who's seeking out Adam and Eve. And God is still seeking in John, searching, searching from Calvary. He still says, I thirst. What does he thirst for? He's seeking for us to make a deep connection, to go to that place where beyond noise, beyond the sound, beyond our our talents and gifts. It's not attendance. It's not a checklist. It's not about perfect people. It's not more church. It's not let's start a church. It's not let's leave a church. It's all the church. That's not what he's thirsty for. He's looking for someone who will worship him in spirit every day that spills out of this sanctuary. Have you ever had a worship experience with no music? Have you ever been driving in your car? And all of a sudden, a thought overwhelms you when you realize how grateful and lucky you are to be alive. You're on the right side of the ground, and it lifts you up. No preaching? You've been walking around your house, and you just looked around and went, God, thank you. I'm overwhelmed. I can't believe I made it this far. Ever got lost in dinner conversation with guests? And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit took it to another level and you felt so grateful that you had friends, people that you can count on. All this other checklist stuff, forget about it. God is seeking true worshipers. Adam, Eve, I want your attention. I created us to be together. Come out of the woods. Quit being ashamed. I'm here for you. I'm thirsty for what your soul can give. No more workshops. I'm looking for gratitude. I'm looking for hope, for honest lament, for confession. I can turn over an entire town, says God. Just give me one woman at the well. 
and see what I can do. That's what I thirst for. The good news is that the Father is at the well looking for you. The good news is that what the Father wants to give you can't be toted around in a jar. It's something that will fill your soul. Has God forgiven you? Has God restored you? Has God given you a family? Has God given you a church family of people? Has God ever given you something you don't deserve? He thirsts for you like you thirst for water. And he's looking for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman, the well, the water, the word, the worship. We were created to be with God. Let your jar go and go worship God in Sychar. We have to go. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, it's just so elusive. We miss the point, and it's easy to. It's so easy and so simple that it make, we make it complicated. But help us, O oh Lord, to be like that woman at the well. She got it. Help us to see that there's nothing we can do or nothing we've done. You just love us. And you're not going to stop looking until you find every single one of us. Fill our souls with the living water that never runs out. And help us to go and tell. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we close in our worship, I invite us to stand and sing 347 Spirit Song. Let us stand and sing. Seven.